You're listening to a podcast from Oasis Church Bath. To find out more about us, visit our website at www.oasisbath.org. I think I mentioned last week about this image that we, um, we've used, um, or that, that's meant a lot to me. The mountains one, if it's there. Then. Great, thank you. And it's just this sense of like... I'm always somebody that still looks ahead at all there is to do and sometimes don't don't look back enough and, and go, wow, actually, like, look how far we've come. And so last week, I hope we did the sort of second one. We kind of looked back and we went, wow, look at all the stuff that we've done. Um, and then this week is going to be a bit of sort of trying to look into the future. So, um, yeah, not future fortune telling, but a bit of like, OK, what might be coming up for us as a community? What are the things that we need to be, yeah, sort of particularly mindful of, really? And last week I spoke about how um, looking back is, is something that is actually a really deeply significant part of the Christian tradition. That actually, God asks us to look back, to reflect and to remember for a number of reasons. And I actually think it's, it's exactly the same as well with, with looking forward. So in the Old Testament particular, there's this prophetic tradition, isn't there, of um, I think God really calling specific people to you know, interpret the times, perhaps warn others of what might be ahead. And I think also just listen and learn from the circumstances and culture of, of that particular generation at that particular time. Thank you. <laughs> Cheers. And so um, a lot of that involves listening. It involves listening to God, but it also involves listening to each other um, and, yeah, listening to, to what's around us. And so I'm going to hopefully do a slightly shorter uh, talk this week, and then we're going to make some time um, to listen to one another and to listen um, to God. So, um, yeah, that's the plan. But before that, I just wanted to share um, a few thoughts for me about some of the specific things that I think 2022 might hold for us um, as a church and uh, a community hub. Um, so I think firstly to, to talk really about our, our pantry and some of our community work. So as I mentioned last week, I think the most significant development really has been the growth and, and development of our pantries in the last year. So the pantries, I think, were a natural evolution, if you like, really, from, from what started as Make Lunch. So for anyone who doesn't know, uh, since 2016, we've been running sessions in the school holidays for families on low incomes to enjoy a hot meal alongside games and activities. And that was a, a, a response to um, the gap caused by the lack of support and provision in the school holidays and when covid hit that sort of forced us to change what we were doing and how we were doing it so we switched to a food parcel delivery project instead and we ran that um, I, I forget that we did that weekly for like four months in the first lockdown it was a, a huge undertaking and then um, yeah we we transitioned to delivering food parcels in the, in the school holidays um, as we still couldn't run face-to-face -face sessions as make lunch um, and obviously that then resulted in the opening of, of the pantry. And what, what the pantry has enabled us to do is solve some of the frustrations that we had as make lunch that, you know, rather than providing food maybe once or twice in the holiday, we were suddenly then able to provide food and affordable food, you know, with choice every single week. And that weekly contact with our pantry members has also enabled us to build really strong relationships with people, which then often leads to other forms of support being offered or signposted to um, bringing that transformation and change as, it's, as and when it's needed uh, for each individual. And that was something that as Make Lunch we couldn't, you know, we kind of wanted to do it, but with that sort of sporadic contact with families, um, it wasn't happening as much as we, we would like it to. And that's really starting to change with the pantry. And um, one of my jobs and over this next, I was supposed to do 
do it last week, but I've been off sick. <laughs> but um, we're collecting all the information for our impact report at the moment, so that will come out in a couple of weeks' time. And I can't wait for you to see it, but some of the, the, some of the stories of change and transformation, how the pantry is, is really changing people's lives is incredible. It's everything that we hoped it would, it would be and become. And so we want to do more of that and we want to make that more sustainable. And I think in, in 2022, uh, we want to do that by um, expanding the provision to open a community cafe alongside our pantry sessions. And that will enable a better forum for those strong relationships to be built and for that signposting and referring to take place. And we also see the cafe as providing important opportunities for pantry members to volunteer, to grow in confidence and skills, because we know that potentially might lead to other opportunities and employment. So we have some money already to improve our ground floor kitchen, which will then enable us to run the cafe. But I think uh, we're also going to need quite a few additional volunteers to enable this to enable us to run it. And I'd also argue that we need someone to oversee perhaps that aspect of the pantry to support Claire so that she can be free to still manage um, both the city centre and our, our South Down pantry. So that will be a key thing for us, I think, um, yet yeah, in this coming year. Another question for us will be, I think, to answer what we do with Make Lunch and what that becomes. So um, half funding, holiday activities fund, uh, funding from the government has sort of meant that generally I think there is now more provision in the school holidays for children from low-income families. But I think this provision doesn't cover everyone and we would argue that some of that provision isn't actually effective in meeting the genuine needs and desires of those families. So what we do with Make Lunch and what Make Lunch was, what it becomes, will be a really key question for us um, this year. Um, it's been incredible to watch our staff team grow in the last couple of years. I remember when it was it was just me up there in that little office, and now we've got five of us, which is really exciting. Um, and and yeah, to, to have done that so quickly, I think in the in the course of you know two or three years is 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 yeah incredible. I'm really thankful to God for that. And I think that's really because our work has grown and because our work has grown our staff team is needed to grow with that and so because of grant funding and an increase in uh, rental income through use of the building we've been able to do that and I think the one area of our work that actually still does need some additional staffing support is, is the church and so we're currently discussing options around uh, what can we do in terms of adding to our church staff team so one option is that we do something like create an opportunity for a theology student um, to sort of like an internship, something like that. Another is that we go down the route of employing perhaps a part-time assistant church leader to work alongside me and the church steering group. But currently we have the money for neither. So we're going to need to think about how we move forward with that and, and sort of what the options are really. And obviously everything that we do, whether it's you know a community project or what we're doing right now, we define everything that we do as church. It's not like some stuff is church and some stuff is not. It's all church. Um, but we do recognise that we need some extra help when it comes specifically to the planning and delivery of our church services, uh, teams and groups. And there's so much more that we'd, we'd like to do that we're just not currently able to do. And my uh, workload continues to be consistently unsustainable just because my time is split across so many different things. And obviously, you know, providing additional capacity around church activity I think would really would really help some of that and then free me up to do some of the things like the grant grants and fundraising and you know building connections and partnerships with other organizations which some of which I've not been able to do as much as I'd have liked to in the last year so we'll see where that one goes but that's a, a one for us to continue to think through and pray about 
And along with additional staff capacity, it's also been great to see more people joining our hub steering group. Um, and I think in 2022, I'd love to see a couple more people perhaps on our church steering group, because I think that will help. And we also would love to recruit a couple more trustees. So we're actually particularly needed some female trustees, and that's the one governance group where our gender balance is awful. <laughs> and our trustees are incredible, um, but it obviously it'd be great to see more diversity in this group. And again, just to sort of increase our capacity in that particular area and take more of the load off our, our existing trustees. And as a church, and I think, you know, I mean, there's lots that we've had to change, isn't there? But there's, I think church particularly, we really had to change the way that we relate to one another. So the things that we would have done pre-COVID, meeting up for a coffee or, you know, having someone round for lunch after church on a Sunday, you know, having people round for dinner, maybe some of those normal things that we, you know, like we had some people round for dinner last night. And I can't remember the last time we did that. It was just, it felt like this really weird thing. Like, is this okay? Like, <laughs> but it, it was lovely at the same time. But I think we've, we've all, because of those changes, um, I think that we're going to have to, adjust again so we've kind of got used to perhaps connecting more online haven't we and things like whatsapp groups and zoom they've been brilliant um, but i think as covid shifts from pandemic to endemic which it is looking like it's going to go that way this year um, i think we'll need to consider how we build those strong relationships with one another and perhaps a little bit more challenging is how we build wrong relationships that are strong that aren't within our kind of silos and friendship groups within the church so how do we get to know people that we we've never met you know, we've had a chat to you maybe once on a Sunday or, or, you know, what does that look like and how do we kind of push ourselves out of our comfort zone and, and yeah, build relationships with people that perhaps we haven't previously. And I also think we need to ask really good questions about what online community looks like and, and what the path, if you like, of participation um, and contribution looks like for people who will only ever engage with us online. So we've been um, really blessed by a lot of our online community and, and there's you know quite a few uh, people now who you know, are really part of our church, really committed to be part of Oasis, but for one reason or another will we'll probably never or rarely step foot in the building But because the way they engage is through online groups and, and live streaming. So I think that's just, and I had an email from somebody this week kind of saying, you know, I want to get more involved, how do I contribute? How do, and I'm like, great question. <laughs> I don't know. Um, and that those are really good questions for us to ask. You know, how do, you, how do we kind of enable people that are only joining us online to, to serve, to contribute, to get to know others beyond the live stream? So that's obviously something that the Church Doing Group will really be considering and discussing. But I think they're really important questions for all of us, aren't they? Okay, and um, in 2022, we'll again, I think, begin to consider how we move forward with our, our building projects. So um, for those that don't know, we have some pretty big dreams to um, completely refurbish this building. You can sit in there a bit cold. Um, that's just one of the problems that we have. Um, and uh, we want to completely refurbish this into the building that we know it can be and needs to be, which is, I guess, in, in our minds, uh, the, the tagline that we use in the project is a, a home for the city. And that's what we want the building to be. In some ways, it already is. You know, this thing's happening every day um, hundreds of people are benefiting from and um, the different projects and services that happen in the week um, but yeah we need to we need to fix some stuff and uh, the plans that are drawn up by our architects a few years ago which are some of these images that you see on the screen are now out of date as we've changed and grown and moved forward and so um, that's actually what this room will look like uh, hopefully with a kind of added floor put in there um, but yeah, we, we need to sort of update those, reshape, reimagine those plans. And there's also that kind of small matter where we might get something like one and a half million pounds from. Um, however, I'm reminded, and I was reminded again uh, this week, that this is something that we've done before. So actually, it might be worth 
nodding to Safer Sunday at the end of the month because I'm particularly excited about Safer Sunday this month because we're going to interview one of our oldest members. I don't mean old as in age. I mean old as in he's been a member for a long time. I'm talking about Lyndon and then one of our youngest members, so Sarah Norris. So we're going to have a bit of a kind of conversation with those two. But Lyndon is just... I could listen to you all day, Lyndon, tell stories about church. And um, Lyndon sent me sort of some of it, a bit of a kind of written, written down of his history with church and some of the kind of things that he's experienced. And it was just a line in your in your email about, um, so Lyndon was the architect that um, helped us put this floor in and design the, the, sort of did the last refurbishment, which was in the 80s. And so Lyndon's been part of the building project and helping us reimagine it for the future. Um, but yeah, Lyndon sort of reminded me that actually when, when the last time we did this in the 80s, it was silly money. It was equivalent of probably what would have been about a million pounds now. Um, you know, lots had to be done and God provided and it happened. And so I think the line from Lyndon's email was, if you want to see a miracle, look around you. <laughs> you know, we're already sat in one. You know, we've already done this before. So it's a big project and it's a scary one in some ways. But, you know, I, I think we can do it. We've done it before and we'll do it again. And actually, we, we need to. We don't really have a choice. It's not kind of a nice aspirational. Let's make the building nicer. It's um, we need to fix it. It's not fit for purpose. There are, you know, lots of repairs and things that need doing. And actually, eventually, if we don't act on some of those warnings, the building will become unusable. Something will break beyond what we're able to fix. So it's kind of that choice of renovate or close, essentially, um, which obviously <laughs> we're not going to do the latter. So, yeah, we need to move forward with that. Um, and it's, it's, yeah, not easy. Um, and there's lots to think about. But it's exciting. So, yeah, we are looking at some funding options, different routes that we might go down. There's two sort of main options at the moment, and um, we've got a key funder who's potentially quite interested in helping us, um, but how we get there, and it's all quite complicated and things. So, yeah, lots to, to think through with that. So I think that was, that was those are the things that really sort of stuck in my mind is like, yeah, the sort of key things for some of the things that we, we yeah, need to think about um, in 2022. And the final thing I want to say really before we just open into a bit of an open time of, of reflection for others to sort of share what they think, I think it's just really being aware of, of what we've just been through. I mean, Joan mentioned it um, this morning, you know, and, and in a way what we're still kind of going through. I mean, 2021 has been, yeah, incredibly difficult and it's been a year of immense hardship and loss, I think, for us as a church and for many of us as individuals. And actually that, that goes beyond, um, you know, this immediate church community. I think we've, we've seen, you know, really sadly several deaths in pantry members and um, it's just been a really, a really tough time. Um, and loss is kind of all around, it feels like. And actually, you know, that has an impact, doesn't it? It has an impact on us as individuals, it has an impact on, on us as a community. And some of us are going to be feeling that. Some of us are going to be still weary and hurting um, from that, which is totally understandable. And you can't just jump straight into, you know, let's do all this stuff, like when you're, when you're weary and you're wounded and you're hurting. And this needs to be a place where it's okay to, to be like that and to feel like that. And my, my plan going into this new year, I love New Year. There's like something in me where it just is like a chance for me to sort of reset a bit. And um, yeah, I, I, and I've just spent the last two weeks being ill, which is really irritating. And I've, there's loads of stuff that I'm now really behind on. I've just had to sort of accept that because I've been unwell, there's been some stuff I've not been able to do. And it's normal to adjust what you do based on how you're doing. <laughs> and it was just that sense for me this week of being reminded of like, do you know what, it's okay that 2022 isn't the year to start a billion new projects. And it's maybe just about re-recovering a little bit. And that actually we probably just need to be really, really gentle with ourselves and go, go gentle, go careful into this year um, and take it kind of step by step. 
and I know I've shared this with with some people already, but um, over the sort of New Year period, there was um, a poem by a guy called David Gate, who I follow on Instagram. He's like one of my favourite poets at the moment. And um, he wrote this poem about New Year's resolutions, um, and I want to read it out because I thought maybe it would be helpful for some people. I won't be making resolutions for this New Year to come because I'm already trying the best that I can. My best is this, with all its procrastination and error, its limping and caring way too much, its flakiness and not really giving us stuff, and the unshakable feeling it's all never quite enough. My only resolve is to simply keep going, knowing this will take every piece of my best. For I do not labour in vain, the unseen good will be growing. That just really spoke to me as, you know, someone who's also been a bit bashed <laughs> the last couple of years of just like, do you know what, it's okay to just be like, I'm just trying the best that I can already and I don't need to like do more or be more like who I am and what I do is enough and that's something I'm constantly trying to learn and sometimes it does take a couple of weeks of being ill <laughs> to actually stop and sit and, and recognise and, and realise that. But I've just felt really challenged again this week to think about where does it come from, what we do, you know, individuals, community, what drives that? Um, does it come from that sense of I'm enough and I'm loved? Or does it come from a sense of trying to prove something or trying to keep busy or trying to, yeah, I don't know, achieve stuff? And I think for all of us, there's that question, isn't there, of as we go into that year, what's driving us? And what could we do if we did everything from a place of love and security? You know, that, that it's just about knowing that you're loved by God and everything that you do comes from that place. And so if I have any kind of resolution this year, I want to be more like that, you know, rather than trying to prove something or keep going because I feel like I should do or and you know there's there's stuff for all of us isn't there reasons that we we do that I've had people say things to me say things over me you'll never lead a church if you if you you know if you marry Sarah you're because you're gay you'll never be able to do anything again in terms of gifts in the church and I hear some of that stuff sometimes and I feel like I've got to prove to everyone that I can lead a church and I can do this stuff and I can't stop and I've just got to keep going and and my motivations in that are wrong. And I say that because we, I think we all, because I want to be honest about the stuff I'm, I'm dealing with and want to be vulnerable with you and I can. But it's that motivation, you know, where does it come from for me? Um, does it come from I'm loved by God and that's what I'm gonna, why I'm going to do what I do? And so perhaps, perhaps that's helpful for some of you kind of, you know, going into that, that, that new year. You know, why am I doing what I'm doing and where does that sense of purpose come from? Um, and yeah, I just feel like there's so many things this year, this last year, 2021, I'm just amazed by how some of us have, have, are still here. <laughs> and I just have that sense again of God just maybe singing over us, I mean, that verse isn't there, of God kind of singing over us and, and rejoicing at us and just saying, you made it, like you did it, you're still here, you're still, <laughs> still getting up and putting one foot in front of another. And sometimes it's just knowing that actually that's great. So Maybe, maybe the kind of unofficial title of this talk should be, you're doing great. Because <laughs> just sometimes church talks are so like, you should do more and you should be this and you should like respond in these five ways. And, and maybe sometimes it's just about going, do you know what, we're already trying our best and we're doing really, really great. And it's amazing that we have made it and that we've done what we've done and that we're still here. And it's okay just to sit and be and celebrate in, in God's love for us and rejoicing over that. Okay. I think that's everything that I want to say. 
But it's not just about what I, what I want to say. I really want to hear what you want to say and what God wants to say. And so what we, um, what we want to do... Has anyone ever been to a Quakers meeting in here? A little show of hands. Great. I love the Quakers. Like if I wasn't a Quaker... Well, I know some Quakers are Christians, but I just, I've got so much respect for the Quakers. But, so the way, when they meet together, they literally just sit in silence. And then sometimes people will, sometimes someone will stand up and share something because they feel like they've got something to share. And it's just such a powerful thing. Like There's no hype. There's no, you don't need anything for God to speak. Um, and so actually, that's sort of what we're going to do a little bit now. We're just going to have some quiet. We're going to have some silence. And it might be a bit weird. It might, um, might be not something that you're particularly used to because I think life's generally quite busy and noisy isn't it um, but we're just gonna we're gonna we know that God's gonna speak to us and so we're gonna have some silence and we're just gonna invite God to just talk to us are there is there anything that he wants to say to us as a community um, and then we're gonna have some opportunity for people to just come up to the front and share that and after that period of quiet I'll explain sort of how that's gonna work so I'm just gonna be quiet for two or three minutes and yeah just um, invite and expect God to, to speak to us You're listening to a podcast from Oasis Church Bath. To find out more about us, visit our website at www.oasisbath.org.